Welcome to Supply Circles, stories from the innovators, disruptors, and improvers in supply chain management today, brought to you by AI Group. Yes, hello, I'm James Scotland, General Manager of Supply Chain Resilience for the Australian Industry Group, and this is Supply Circles. In this podcast, I interview supply chain professionals and influencers, and we discuss the latest ideas and solutions to supply chain improvement in Australia today. I ask them for insights into the emerging tactical and strategic solutions to the current three big business challenges of digitalization, decarbonization, and ongoing disruptions. And today I want to deep dive into digitalization. We talk a lot about the need to digitalize our business and our supply chain, but what's it like when your business is already digitalized? How do you manage a digital workforce? How do you get the best out of a digital dispersed workforce? And how do you manage client expectations and requirements when the business is based on only digital supply? Many of you will remember the old Stephen Covey dictum of start with the end in mind. So let's do that. Let's find out about digital workplaces uh, and then particularly find, about, find out about the leaders in these workplaces. So to get these insights, today I'm excited to say my guest is Dr. Hema Wadra. Dr. Wadra is the Remote Operations and Digital Services Manager for Australia and New Zealand in the Tier 1 Global Engineering Contractor, Wallis. Hema is an engineering specialist working primarily in the oil and gas industry. She has a Doctor of Philosophy in Hydrodynamics from the Faculty of Engineering, Mathematics and Computing at the University of Western Australia, and she's a devotee of lifelong learning. Hema is a highly skilled uh, engineer with significant client management and staff management experience. I met her years ago when she was working in the LNG subsea environment in WA, and I have enjoyed keeping in touch and watching her journey. Before taking on the current role, she was the digital champion for Western Australia for Wallis. Before that, she spent three years as a senior engineer for floating systems with Wallis. And before that, she was the customer relationship lead at Advision. There's a pattern of engineering and people interface. I'm keen to ask about both. Um, and just before I introduce Hema, for those who don't know, Wallis is a global engineering consulting firm that delivers projects and provides engineering procurement and construction expertise to the upstream, midstream, chemical, power, mining, and mineral sectors. It says its expertise means it works with customers at every stage of the project, from initial concepts to sustaining and enhancing their assets. So I think you'll agree that uh, Hema is the right person to talk about customer interface, the digital environment, and uh, the, the leadership of both. I'm keen to explore digitalization and people management with her. I get a feeling that she has learned a lot on her journey. So it's wonderful to have you on the show today, Hema. Have I introduced you correctly? And is there anything I should add so that people know who you are? Uh, thank you. I think that was more than enough. There's been a little bit of change. I have moved from oil and gas to renewables now in my role in the last years, so um, into the renewable assets at the moment and uh, power industry, then oil and gas. So that's, that's kind of little change. I, well, that, I, I knew Woolies was doing that. Uh, last time I spoke to uh, uh, another senior leader in Woolies, they were saying they were getting a lot of inquiries about renewables and their, their business was moving over to, to renewables. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But look, before we talk uh, about you and perhaps a bit more about uh, the, 
the world in general. Can you give us an intro into what your role is now then and, and, and what are you tasked to achieve? Uh, your LinkedIn page shows a sort of a Cape Canaveral type control center with several banks of screens and people monitoring it on what appears to be live data streams. Are, are you managing the digital systems for your clients? Is that it? Right. So, so what we are doing is um, part of Wally Power Services. We are operations and maintenance um, company. So we do operate and maintain sites. And what my part of the um, in my remit, what we do is we do remote operations of um, the assets that can be remotely operated, wind farms, power stations, gas pipelines. So we monitor and operate them um, within the remits that are defined for my teams. And we also look after the, um, so that's just one part is standard procedures and processes to follow for remote operations, but also when it comes to digital and the digital solutions and the services, we uh, add value from there for um, all the assets and for our clients. And are, are everyone in the same one control center or have you got a number of consult centers around the place? No, that's the beauty of it, right? It's remote operation center, so you could just get it all done from one place. Okay. It's yeah. a 24 by 7 operation. And they don't work from home. They all come into the uh, the office? Yes. And, um, yeah, they actually did during COVID as well. And that's purely because um, how the cybersecurity and everything has to be aligned that you want to keep control over the control systems. Yeah, it's a big issue, isn't it? As soon as you start yep. uh, allowing uh, a dispersed workplace, it gets difficult in digital. So I was going to ask you about that. It It, it seems to me that... Uh, a fully digitalized workplace needs to address the cyber system as a, a number one factor. The CEO of, of AI Group says that what keeps him up at night is a cyber attack because we have links around the world. We get attacked all the time. Must be tough in your environment. Yes, I guess that's one of the things uh, you need to be managing the risk, right? It's a risk you can't avoid when you're in the digital world, but you manage it, right? seem to put processes and uh, procedures in place to make sure you manage those risks. The other other issue is the other risk. Uh, the other issue is that it's a twenty four hour system, so that makes it difficult for you as the lead to manage that. Uh, I guess it's twenty four hours, seven days a week. But you're not. It is. It never sleeps, right? Yeah, yeah. We need the power. We need the lights on. Now, I, more than me, it's actually for my team. So I kind of think of them. They're pretty grateful for them to work 24 by 7 all the time and keep it running. Uh, for me, it's probably less of an issue for it being 24 by 7. Of course, we need to be available to the team for things that needs to be escalated and everything. But it's more about the people who come and work there and keep it running all the time. Managing twenty four by seven business is probably not as a uh, not hard for the leader as such as much it is for actually the people who deliver it because they do the night shifts and the weekends as well. Yeah, I, I ran a twenty four hour business for many years in the transport industry, and you have to have good uh, supervisors or, or team leaders, and yeah. they have to be tasked clearly uh, with what's expected of them. And yeah. uh, a friend of mine was a navy captain; he was a commander on a on the God of Missile Frigate. And he said, you can't be awake all the time. You have to go to sleep. Uh, but you also can't just say to uh, the officer of the watch, wake me if something happens, because that's too broad. You have to be specific about uh, what you should be waking up about, like an iceberg or something, I guess. Um, or um, uh, And he, he explained to me, that's about being clear on what success looks like. Yes. What, what does success look like for you? 
I guess it, it really is a variable, right? So, and it depends on the team as well. I've been pretty fortunate with my team who kind of get everything going pretty easily. It's actually, they, they don't wake me up in the middle of the night at all, right? Um, but where we need to be clear about is actually giving, for me, it's other way around. I actually give them a lot of um, authority to call me whenever they need. So I would rather have them call me than making a decision which is not going to work in their favor, right? And uh, operations is one thing that doesn't look at my calendar right it doesn't care what time i'm available and what time my meeting is and what time i'm sleeping right it's going to happen when it happens um and i find it's quite important that they feel they can reach me when they need that's um like i said that's similar to before let's talk about what it's like to manage a digital operation what do you see your role in that is it a traditional leadership role or is it different from from former roles you've had it, this role is different from the formal roles I have had, um, and it's it's very very exciting role, right? When you look at those screens, the ones you just talked about, and uh, they obviously it's it's evolving place, right? Digital is evolving place. It's not where it's not going to be same in six months time what it was six months ago. It's continuously evolving, and that's the beauty of it, right? You don't set it up for forty years. It's actually just set it up for now, and it is designed to be able to move to the next stage, right? Um, in terms of what my role is, it is about digital services for the um, power services we provide, as well as looking after the remote operation center. In, in, an, in a nutshell, it's, it's an opportunity where we could um, add value to our employees by changing a lot of um, procedures that are actually based on human interface, right? So you could actually automate a few of those things for our people to have um, their cognitive ability being used for tasks where they can use a smartness rather than following a process that a machine can follow, right? Yeah. And then um, in terms of the business, it is, it is good for clients as well when we could, um, when we can provide results at reasonable cost as compared to manner-based or uh, or things that takes longer. So it reduces the time to respond to things when you digitize things, right? So I look at it in a way where um, in my role, I'm finding the balance between machines and the minds. So we're not replacing our people, but actually finding a balance between the machines and the minds. So we still need the minds. We need the machines to help the minds do their job better. And then the platforms where, from where they actually interact with the um, assets and other parties or clients or everybody else. So it's it's kind of finding a balance in the in the digital world, right? And also not actually being the one that are developing everything in-house and trying to just be the expert at everything, but collaborating with others to get the best outcome. So it's a, the role is combination of quite a few things. And then of course, as you go, you change and redefine what needs to get done in the next few months over next few weeks, it's quite a variable, right? I'm sure that you've got wonderful, wonderful clients and that they, they make your life a blessing. Uh, do they understand the digital environment? Are you, are you working with like minds or are you spending a lot of time educating and assisting them to understand what's possible from the systems that you've got? I think we all are on a journey. 
and everyone accepts that we are on a journey and uh, we appreciate the new learnings and new things that has come. So we kind of learn together at times as well. And that goes with not just our clients, but vendors as well. We learn together and uh, see where, where is the benefit in the end. I guess it, the bottom line comes to if we can showcase a benefit to the business in terms of safety, in terms of um, efficiency and sustainability, right? Sustainability is a big part now. Then, of course, it's a go for everyone. But these are the things that have to take the boxes and with certain level of reliability, right? So you don't just go out and say, yep, that's going to happen. And it never happens after running a big project that won't be acceptable but i find everyone is on the same journey and it's like you if you explain things right you can bring people on board on that journey with you let's and go, it's exciting let's, it sounds exciting it sounds it sounds good and, and it's answering me my question about uh a, a digital workplace is a, a workplace is a continual learning environment isn't it yeah let me go back to you let's talk about you before we talk a bit more about uh, the team. Uh, I've known many engineers. I have many friends that are engineers, and they are experts in systems and processes, and often binary thinking. Um, and sometimes they struggle with the non-binary areas, areas of people management. I once spent an interesting few days trying to help a room full of engineers in the military understand the complexities of the Maya Briggs personality type indicator, and they're trying to make it into boxes rather than into uh, just a concept kind of the longest few days of my life. Um, by the way, I've also spent a lot of time hiking and cycling with uh, highly engaged and engineering and skilled engineering friends. So I'm not being hard on engineers. I'm just saying that sometimes they struggle with the, the people aspect compared to the binary aspects. How would you describe yourself? Are you an engineer with people skills or are you a people manager who has a background in engineering? I am a learner in both. Right, I'm learning nice. to be an engineer. I'm learning to be a leader who could help people um, explore their potential, right? And that comes from the experience that I had worked with really, really good leaders, right? The leaders yeah. who really believed in me when I started my career. So I kind of, that's that's to me is a, is a minimum standard, right? So I wouldn't yeah. be perfect, ever, but that's, that's what I aim to achieve is where I'm helping um, people actually leading them to be the best they can be right and that's that to me would be a success of my role if i could let them do that and of course that has to be aligned with the fact that business has to be successful as well right so you would always find there is some there would be times when you have to trade right so you need to be firm about what you need to get done in terms of uh, coming back to the qualities as i said i'm learning forever right it's it's never going to stop and very recently i've been um trying to learn about different cultures so as you rightly mentioned there's engineering and then there is a leadership and then i learned about this another culture called operational culture right so there are three different cultures that are um, perfect in themselves and they need to be communicating to each other and understanding each other um, the more i learn about it the reading about it and trying to understand it it it's complicated, but it's interesting, but it actually gives you an insight into why certain people think in certain way, and it helps you um, depersonalize things and focus on actually the framework behind it, why it, you know someone would believe in digital, why they wouldn't believe in digital, and yes, they would believe in digital if they're given in this way versus this way, right? So learning that language that works for everyone and 
in, in reality, actually, sometimes you don't change a product for all these different engineering or leadership. You actually change the language, right? You, you use the language that works for everyone because um, everyone wants perfect solutions. And if you have a solution, they would want it. So it's a combination or a mixture of all of those learnings that uh, makes me a learner, learning leader, learning engineer, I think learning operator. I think it's really true. I, I did my master's in international management and culture, uh, and language is is critical. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, it's 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 easy to communicate without words. Sometimes, if you're travelling overseas and you don't speak the language, you can often make yourself understood. If people, both people are engaged in the the non-verbal language, you know, where's the translation, yeah. all that kind of stuff, you can find yourself away uh, around the world. But then you cut when it comes to words, we we start running into to clashes uh, and uh, sometimes we just need to change the wording that we use to help people understand. Yeah, in general, I have actually noticed sometimes you say something and there is a disagreement, like not necessarily in this role, but in general. And you later find it's the same thing you said and it's agreed and then we realize that it's just a different wording that made sense to the party we're talking to. You know, it's it's different what you said versus someone else said, and the meaning is exactly same in the end. Exactly same thing is going to happen. It's just uh, making sure finding we find the right words that are, and it's it's in a way is a language, right? Mm, mm, the language so important in uh, yeah. in the whole lot. Um, right. And of course, that brings us back to you know social media and and tweets and and and. Uh, SMSs and be danger, be be careful with it. Hey, um, I, I found a YouTube video of you giving the speech to graduates at your alma mater a few years ago. It was a great speech. I'll put it in the show notes for anyone who wants to have a look at it. But in it, you said that your dad uh, had what I think is a wonderful saying. He used to say, "You are the artist of your own destiny." What What do you think that means? What did he mean? And and ha- what impact has it had on your life and career? Uh, that's my hero. He's one of your mentors, yeah? He's my hero. He's my hero. I lost him five years ago. Um, but one person that lives in my heart and my brain everywhere. He, is, he was uh, an amazing human being who did not go to school after year four. His teacher slapped him because he didn't come to school for a day and then he decided he's not going to school. <laughs> um, but in, in, he had really, really great learnings of life. So when I look back from where I have come in India and uh, how most of the times people, most of the time you are raised to, you know, get married to in a nice family and um, do engineering because your parents have told you to do. It was very different for me. He's uh, He just gave me the winks. He just said, do whatever you like to do. Um, I'll just pay for you. That was a luxury, right? Yeah. yeah. And the impact it had on me is uh, believe in me a lot more than I could have otherwise because he never uh, he never approved anyone telling me what I should do. It was all about me, how I wanted to live my life, what I wanted to do. Um, the only restriction he had ever said was, as long as it doesn't impact anyone else negatively, do whatever makes you feel happy. So yeah. that was well, that's uh, a basic okay. human right. I can do whatever I like as long as I don't impact on yeah. you uh, negatively and 
the laws are basically about whether or not we're impacting on each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think his learnings had, even though I kind of didn't define them for long enough until after he was gone, right? That's when you start thinking back on and de define things in words. But when I look back, all the decisions I've made in my life and how I think about myself and where I want to progress and everything is highly influenced by um, how he made me think about me and how he wanted me to believe in myself. I wasn't going to ask you this, but but I will because you sort of raised it about uh, seeing how other people act and, and react and understanding uh, and also your dad giving you the belief in yourself. I have a friend who is also a, a, a PhD um, graduate. Uh, uh, she is brilliant. Um, she is gorgeous. Um, and she's British. But she's British with an with a Indian heritage. She clearly looks Indian. Um, and I said to her, um, "What is the what? I, I'm you know I'm a I'm I'm a Caucasian male. I don't have no one picks on me. Everyone you know I'm like I'm like what the world is supposed to look like apparently you know. Um, but she was um, you know gorgeous, intelligent female and Indian in England. And I said, "How has that impacted you?" And she said, "Oh, you know I've copped all of that. I've had to ignore all of that in order to 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 keep going." She said that. The thing that annoyed her most was when she got called a Paki and she was actually Indian. It's like, oh, come on, get, get your racism right, will you? <laughs> um, have, you have, have you had to deal with those sort of things? You've worked in oil and gas, which is male-dominated, they say, um, less now. But you know, how has it been in your career? I'm sure people listening would like to know about about that, I guess. Look, it, I guess it does happen. I have been very fortunate to work with a lot of really, really good people around me, but every now and then there could be something funny. I don't recall anything in regards to, in particularly me being Indian, someone saying I probably just won't listen. Like, um, yeah, I think well, I'll and no, no problem when, you know, we keep hearing of, that it's still relevant. I don't come across as much, but I'm not a very good judge. You, you haven't had too yeah, much. I I think I do. I, I, I'm pretty sure people have experiences. I have. I mentor people, and I have heard of those experiences from them. Um, so far, I've been fortunate. I have not personally experienced, uh, or at least not visibly experienced it. Right. Yeah. That's um, good. And and probably would answer back pretty nicely if someone picks on me. <laughs> good on you. Hey, uh, getting back to uh, the idea of an, you're the artist of your own career, I know a major part of your artistry is in the way you mentor others in both engineering and people skills and digital workplace. How do you go about the process of mentoring? Why do you do it and, you know, and how do you do it? It's about what they need rather than what I want to do. <laughs> so to me, mentoring is about showing it's like watch a movie that I have watched before, right? I have lived those experiences. Ah, yeah. And when I have a mentee, I tell them that's the movie, right? So, you know, when we watch a movie, we see someone is holding a knife and standing on the other side of the corner. And you almost feel like stopping that person, but yeah, it's in a movie, yeah. you can't stop them, right? Or there's an opportunity, right? And you can't tell that person there's an opportunity. With the mentor-mentee relation, that's the beauty is you could actually tell your mentee, right? There is a knife on this side and there is an opportunity on that side, which means the things that took us 
20 years, 10 years to learn, they can learn it in a year or two, right? So you um, compact the time it takes for them to learn those things so they could actually grow quicker, which means they can go back to the world and go from there, right? They don't have to relearn the things that we learned. They can just start from where we finish and then they can go ahead from there. So I find I've been very fortunate to have a lot of good mentors myself. And that's what I aim to do is share my experiences with them so they don't have to go through everything that I had to to learn, right? Nice, yeah, yeah. I read a great quote this morning. Just this morning I read a quote that said something like, um, to create success, I have to stop throwing a shadow. It's an interesting quote, isn't it? It's saying don't, it is. don't you know, let me overshadow your, uh, what you're trying to achieve. Yes, yes. It, it's really important, especially in the digital world. It would be, it is extremely important that we empower our people. We actually give them all the learnings. They can start building on top of them as well, right? It's very, very crucial actually for success of digital businesses that they, the learnings are shared. And that's that's actually what digital is, right? It's actually accumulating all the learnings at places as well. Um, everything that in the past kind of had left. So, you know, if someone is unwell, then that learning is gone away with them. Yeah. Whereas now there is in the digital world, there's an opportunity to keep those learning because, of course, you can't, you can never replace what's in the brain, right? You can never replace that. However, at least we allow our next generations to learn from those um, digital databases that we can collide over the time. Let's um, after the break. Let's come back and talk a bit about the digital workplace and 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 what the people are like in that. Talking about the uh, life is a movie, I saw a quote that I think is my current favourite, which is my life's not a movie so much as series five of, um, of a TV series and now they're just throwing in strange plot twists for no reason. <laughs> Let's come back after the break and talk about digital workplaces. If you have supply chain or business improvement challenges, contact AI Group's Business Improvement and Growth Hub. The Big Hub is a library of practical and relevant resources designed to assist member businesses to grow and improve. The Big Hub also includes an extensive network of experienced, pre-qualified business improvement consultants. For more details, contact big at aigroup.com.au. That's big at aigroup.com.au. So, Emma, let's talk about the, uh, the, the digital roles when you're hiring for uh, your Cape Canaveral spaceship, uh, what sort of attitude, skills, knowledge do you look for? Uh, are you looking for, you know, the, the Richard Branson attitudes and train, or, or are you looking for specific skills? Skills have always been important. Um, in the digital world, I find the attitude and the aptitude to learn is significantly more important, right? Because it's evolving so quickly. Even if someone is an expert in a technology, in the next few months, weeks, it's going to evolve and change to something else, right? So to me, it's important. We look for individuals who are open to learning and progressing. So that's that's kind of part of what, what I look for in my team is. And also, of course, very, very importantly, being respectful towards each other and having that understanding that you, know, you could be the best in everything, but still showing respect and um, having the ability to teach others as well is very, very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you keep coming back to this idea of, of learning. Uh, there's a concept called humans in the loop to do with uh, digital workplaces, which says 
that all of the machine learning and uh, AI and data and whatever, you need all that, but somewhere in the process you need to put a human in there because you can't replace the human brain. Is that the way your your workplace is set up or, or do you see it differently? I, I'd say it that we don't replace humans, as I said in the and before as well. We use machines to help humans do their job easily and better. I don't see we're going to replace all the humans ever. We would obviously, what is machine learning and AI doing is it's actually helping humans do their job better, right? Very similar to um, when we had cars came in, they started helping us to go faster and quicker, right? They they replace, they they change things, right? Just to change rather than a replacement. It's a balance. It's a balance of things. So digital to me is a balance between the minds and the machines. And it's the, not, we would still need humans in the loop always. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Digitalisation is not replacing humans. We're, we're making their jobs a bit smarter though, aren't we? We're taking yes. away that dumb stuff. E- exactly, right. We, we are giving them more. Um, so a lot of stuff that gets done by machine, people have time back in their in their life and they can use that time to think creatively and find further solutions, right? And that's, that's where, to me, the benefit is to the businesses because all them, you know, cut, copy, paste task, they got changed, right? We don't need to get humans to do it, but then there are very smart things that humans can do with that time that's left from, that the time that they saved from not doing those mundane kind of tasks. What impact, what, what's the connection between your clients and your staff? Are they in direct communication or is yeah, there a... Yeah, uh, they do. So, so they pass on information directly to, the, to your clients? Yeah, they, they do have that ability. It varies on what, what it is. Um, they, they, they do have the ability to do that as required. So if you're helping someone to set up a digital workforce, let's just get down to the you know where the rubber meets the road for listeners. If you are helping someone set up a digital workforce, thinking about your systems background as well as your people background, what do people need to think about? I am sure that there's plenty of managers out there who are you know, nervous about this, but scared about this. We've been doing it this way for a long time and now we have to change. Can you give me a few pointers about how we move from old school to digital? The people, the processes, or maybe just the attitude? I think it's defining what exactly we want to achieve. So finding what is the end task and then then finding which of those could actually be changed because as we just discussed, not everything should be or needs to be changing, right? Some things would actually backfire because humans were better off doing that job than anything else. So you keep those. So understanding what part of the business should be uh, moved to machines and what shouldn't move to machines and how you find the balance and then having a very very clear understanding of impact of overall business process on each other right so when you start changing few things here and there how do they impact rest of your business and how do you manage that making sure that when you put that change in place how is that going to impact is um is communicated already or planned already right In that way, you set up yourself for success and um, explaining people. So there could be resistance at times because if the vision isn't clear to everyone, there could be resistance. So um, one of the things we probably need to, as leaders, need to do a lot more is clearly stating the vision and showing the benefits of it to everyone involved and then getting them on the journey with us. 
what I find is very important is that actually our people have to be on board on this journey. Um, we can find the best digital solution, right? But if the solution is not used by the teams, by the individuals, by the clients, everyone who needs to use it, then it's just useless, right? Then it's like find it's buying the best car and keeping it in your garage and then just walking to the places you need to walk to, right? It's just not going to give you any benefit. So it's really important we bring everyone on board, tell them that's the car or that's the solution. These are the benefits. These are the features and how to use them, how it's actually going to impact their um, work for them and what are the benefits they're going to get out of it. For some of them, we might make it harder. For some of them, we might make it easier. But you see that this has worked, right? So in the past, I had seen printers all over the place. Nowadays, we hot desking, right? So we don't see files and files sitting everywhere. So we do see there is a possibility of change. If those things could be changed where I don't see many files, file racks in um, behind every individual sitting in office. So we could change a lot of other things too, right? It comes back to this idea about communication, doesn't it? About yes. finding the words to yep. help them understand that. And people are different, uh, Maya Briggs type, at different ages, at different cycle, circles uh, in, their, in their life cycle. Uh, they'll all have to hear it a different way. Uh, making it part of it, making them part of the journey, right? Um, but obviously at the right time as well, what I would uh, like, you know, you bring everyone on board, but also not where you're getting an Apple product, right? And then inputs you get are like, yes, that's a very good product. You know what, but I like Nokia 3310. Can you please design an app that would make my Apple phone run like Nokia 3310, right? So <laughs> right. you need to find a balance in terms of the feedback as well that you get and uh, not necessarily derail and say, oh yeah, that's a good idea. As long as you use Apple, I'll give you the Nokia 3310 app. Like, no, you know, you kind of find the right balance in there to get them get everyone on a defined journey of course you change that based on the inputs you find if they impact the business and individuals but overall um, it's pretty important to have that clear vision for ourselves before we move in to start moving others into it a clear vision for ourselves it's a it's a good point there is a, a very old saying i think it not might you know it's like aristotle or someone who said uh, you can't teach anybody anything. You can only help them to learn. They have to be willing to learn in order to, to change. And in that um, uh, graduate speech, you talked about the importance of attitude. I noticed you said that the further up the career path you go, the less people worry about your education and your starting skills and more about the way you handle situations, the way you handle yourself. Attitude sounds to me the key to digitalizing workplace is going to be about creating the right attitudes within ourselves and then yep. mentoring others to have that. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess that's kind of true in every business, right? I, even if it's non-digital, that's, that's very true. As you climb up the ladder, it's, you're more visible, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the rights and the wrongs you do are more visible as well. Yeah. yeah so think, that's yeah. why it's pretty important to be care, um, careful about what you do because you're going to one set of example for others. So in digital world, right? So if I tell people to follow cybersecurity policies and everything, and I don't do it myself, then it's not a it's not a right example to set there, right? Yeah, integrity is what you do when no one else is watching. Yes, um, and 
Yes, and if they're watching you, then it's even more important in terms of impact on others, right? So it's one is it's important for yourself as for your character, but also how you're going to influence others as well. If you don't follow the, if you don't follow what you say yourself, then um, it's going to be a challenge for others to follow you. How to be a leader today, not just in the digital world, uh, but uh, in business and in life. What a great conversation. Thank you, Hema. What's next for you? Have you uh, got any great lifelong learning coming up or uh, any new adventures? Yes, I'm heading to France next week for I'll a course it. at INSEAD. Well, for um, what? It's, it's a course um, at INSEAD, Leading for Results. Mm-hmm. So it's around what we were just talking. I'm still learning. Um, that's, that's next week. Leading for results. So make sure we communicate clearly. Make sure we have good attitudes. Um, uh, accept that it's a changing workplace and keep learning. That seems to be your messages. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, James. Truly really enjoyed the conversation. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Hannah.